Let's get started. Bottom of the Smash Mountain Podcast, Season 1, Episode 12, No Internet, Controllers, and Safe Events. Let's get to the podcast. Wow. A lot of stuff happening this week. And we're going to start with me news first, but going to try to get into some other topics related to Melee, Smash, all that fun stuff. You're probably interested in knowing if you've been following along with my podcast, Jesse. It's now Saturday, and earlier this week you were talking about how you were supposed to get internet sometime, and then you could hop onto Slippy and start doing stuff. So, why haven't I seen anything like that on your Twitter at Cypher003? Well, thank you for asking. The person who I'm referring to is actually nobody. I'm just dialoguing on your behalf, listener. Listeners. And yes, so here's the story. I still don't have internet. The TLDR is I can't get internet, or at least I can't get internet above 25 megabits per second download speed. And I don't even want to think about what the upload speed would be. It's not going to be 25. Let's, let's get into that a little bit more. So I live in an apartment. It's a townhouse. There's like maybe like 10 or 12 different, you know, units within this townhouse that the folks, the fine folks be living in and... My wife and I are two children. We are in one of those units, obviously. So I didn't even investigate internet when we first moved in three years ago to the point of just looking up what speeds are available in this area for this townhouse. And the I got as far as internet available in the area. At the time, it was... 20 megabits per second download speed so I thought to myself well that's not going to work for like anything money's tight so why don't I just not pay for internet we have data on our phones unlimited data on our phones I mean so if we want to watch movies we can just watch movies on our phone if we want to listen to stuff like podcasts and music if we want to do anything that requires internet we can just do it through the phones and if there's anything that's harder to do well then tough we'll just deal with it and we can go without internet and so for the past three years that has been true we have indeed gone without internet in our apartment we've only had data on our phones this whole time every now and again I would go onto the internet through my phone and look at internet availability in the area and we live in Lidditz in Lancaster County, so that has been a pretty poor place to receive internet. I mean, even Comcast hardly has any availability in Lidditz for whatever reason. I'm not sure why. Lidditz is not exactly the smallest town or the most isolated area. When you think of Lancaster County, first of all, you're probably thinking of Lancaster County, and that's not how we say it. We say Lancaster, and you probably think of Amish buggies and... I guess, farm fields, you know? Most of that is still true, but within the towns, within the bigger 
well, not cities, okay, within the boroughs and towns. And there is Lancaster City as well. But that all is like a little bit more modern than farmhouses and barns that are surrounding us. So there's a there's a farm field on the other side of the apartment townhouses that I that I live amongst. So I'm very much aware, Lancaster County, that's the stereotype. That's that's why we're here. We're here to do some farming, get some crops, and those are all great things. I'm not a hater for that. So now, fast forward to this week where or at least a few weeks ago, I had once again gone back to see New Year, new internet, maybe? Part of this was spurred on by the fact that I got a raise at work, which is super cool. I also got a promotion. Great. I'm very excited about that. So I thought, can we afford internet now? Is it even is it even better than what it was before? Because 20, 25 megabits per second download speed will not cut it. It will not I think most of you understand that. Just to kind of put into perspective, the and I've looked this up, the average megabits per second download speed in Lancaster is over 100. It's almost 200 megabits per second download speed. In Pennsylvania as a whole, it's like 115, something like that. This is all, you can, you can look this up yourself, average megabits per second download speed in whatever area, whatever state or city in the country that you want to. And even in Lidditz, the average megabits per second download speed is 77 megabits per second download speed, something like that. So faster internet. But high-speed internet nowadays is 1 gigabyte per second download speed. That is to say 1,000 megabits per second download speed. That's the, that's the new norm. That's the standard that when somebody says high-speed internet, you should think about. So I looked up internet speeds and availability for our area, and I was pleasantly surprised to see that one of the companies that are in this area, that have been in this area, previously they offered very poor internet speeds, so I never signed up with them, but they offered 300 megabits per second download speed. They said nothing about the upload speed, but I thought it can't be that much worse than 200 maybe at the worst. I'm being optimistic. I didn't even get that far. That's why we're talking about this. I signed up and the technician came out, takes a look at the wiring and such within the apartment that we're in and says, based on all of this, I can't I I can't just plug and play. You know, I have to I have to do some extra work. I have to install new wiring and do some drilling, that sort of thing. And so we were like, okay, we called our landlord to be like, hey, we're getting high-speed internet, so this is what they need to do. But the landlord said, no go. My wife was the one who called, so the next day I called them myself and said, just want to make sure I'm understanding. No drilling, no extra wires on the outside of the apartment at all, on the townhouse, is that what I'm hearing you say? And they're like, yep, that is correct. The owner wants no, no part in that. You may absolutely not do that. And I said, is there anything that I can do? And they're like, well, get the internet company to work with you. And I said, okay, what would you do if you were in my position? And they said, ask the internet company what they can do for you. And I, and I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and, of course, 
as you can imagine, as you already know, because I've laid this out for you, of course they can't do anything. If they can't do the extra work that needs to be done in order for our apartment to be compatible for having 300 megabits per second download speed, if they can't do that actual work because of the fact that, you know, we don't own the property, we're renting it, that, that part is still true. Here we are. And so the technician said, at best, 35 megabits per second download speed. <laughs> you got to be kidding me. <laughs> so we're still stuck in the, the just internet. You know, 25 or 35 or even 50 megabits per second download speed, that is enough to browse Google. That's enough to load websites. That's even enough to stream. But it is not enough for multiple devices to stream. It is not enough for someone in my position who wants to play a game, like a video game, to play Super Smash Brothers Melee on, on an internet connection with other players from their internet connection. To put it as simply as I can, it needs to be a little bit faster than that. It needs to be in the hundreds which is why I was happy with 300 megabits per second download speed. And I then it, it's not possible. So now I'm thinking to myself, do we move out of here? Are we are we going to move out just specifically to find a new place that can have compatible internet? And as ridiculous as it may sound to some of you, others will understand. Yeah, I do want to actually move out specifically to get better internet. In my life, I've, I mean, ever since I was a kid, I, I've thought to myself, it would be so cool to play video games competitively, either at local tournaments or go to majors. It would be so cool to go to these, see players that I have heard of play in person and maybe become a part of that community, but I never did, and... There are a lot of reasons for it, but boil it down to I didn't want it enough, like I was interested, but the true desire was not there, and I have come to regret that. So now I'm 25 years old, going to be 26, and I still haven't played in any competitive Melee event or any competitive Smash event in general. And I have felt this desire creeping up in my like list of things that I want to do <laughs> over the past few years. I have sincerely enjoyed and loved being a husband to my wife, Jen, being a father to Ellie, my daughter, Ezra, my son. And those are all still very important to me. So this isn't me regretting any of that. I don't want you to misunderstand me. I don't regret any of those decisions that I have made or the job that I work. You know, I was, I have worked different jobs, but this week I was working, you know, usually starting at somewhere around seven in the morning, waking up at 530 because I have a 37-ish minute commute getting to work and then 37 minutes coming back from work. I have all these other things I'm really excited about doing. I love my job. Maybe not the commute, <laughs> but, you know, you get it. Overall, I really love my job, and I love my family. 
my extended family, the things that I do. I mean, I'm also, you know, church. I'm a Christian. I believe in Jesus. So those are all still very, very important to me. But I still have enough time in the day to think about Melee, to follow Melee, to watch these events that are happening, the online events that are happening, thanks to having Slippy. So again, thank you, Fizzy, for that. And I want to participate, even if it just means that I only play in one or two locals, online locals. Let me be specific there. I'm not not going to an actual place with other people. Pandemic. But these online locals that are happening in the area, shout out 717 Melee, I want to partake, but I can't because I have no access to the resources I need to do that. And so is it actually worth taking a family, uprooting earlier than we were planning to, just so that I can do that? Am I being too selfish? These are the these are the questions that I'm that I have to consider, that I have to think about. And also like I can play, theoretically speaking, I can play this game at a potentially high level for several more years, if not 10 more years. You know, in 10 years, I would be 35, and maybe my re- re- reaction reflexes and, and hands wouldn't be the same. But theoretically speaking, that's absolutely possible. I mean, with these ergonomic-friendly box-style controllers, supposedly easier on your hands, theoretically speaking, in, in 20 years, I could still be playing. But... I guess maybe it's the fear of missing out. I don't know exactly how to describe it to you, but let me try to put it in a way that you might understand. So think about the movie Kung Fu Panda, which I was actually watching today with my daughter Ellie. Ezra was taking a nap. She's three, so she understands mostly what's happening and still asking questions, which I love, by the way the fact that she's engaging with it and she's actually trying to understand what's happening as compared to just staring at a screen open-mouthed and, like, you can tell that it's just, like, vegging <laughs> or or she's, like, passively taking in screen time. I really like that she's engaging with it actively and asking me questions as we go, even though I get slightly annoyed at the amount of questions sometimes. It's still a great thing. So, Ellie, I love that you ask questions. Thank you so much. Poe is a grown panda, right? And he's never actually done kung fu for real before, but he loves kung fu. He loves absorbing content, if you will, not that there are computers in that universe. Loves absorbing content, loves to follow along, and is passionate about talking about kung fu and engaging with it in his own way and even dreaming about being the ultimate kung fu warrior. That's how the movie starts. It starts with his dream that he has where he wakes up and you realize that none of the things that he was talking about are true. He's not an ultimate kung fu warrior. He's not even good at kung fu in general. He's this clumsy work-at-home, stay-at-home son, if you will. He's still with his dad, who is a duck, and that's hilarious, of course, but his dad sort of has a vision of what his destiny is, but you can tell that Poe is not ready, or he's not entirely willing just to 
take the fate that the universe is kind of giving him as a quote-unquote default. Your default is take over your father's restaurant and make noodles for the rest of your life. He isn't quite willing to accept that, even though he acknowledges and is aware of the fact that he has limitations. He is a panda, and athletically speaking, not not there yet, and so he feels like he's sort of stuck. And he doesn't know how to actually take a step forward towards any of this, and the story starts more or less when Ugwe decides to choose the Dragon Warrior, something that the Valley of Peace has been waiting for for a thousand years or whatever. And it finally happens, and it actually happens to be Poe that Master Ugwe chooses. So that's the way that the plot gets started. So I will say to you, I will continue to talk about this movie just for a few more minutes, and you'll hear spoilers. So if you haven't seen Kung Fu Panda, maybe continue to not hear. But when there's the big ceremony of choosing the Dragon Warrior, the five greatest Kung Fu masters, you know, the Furious Five, along with their master, Shifu, and Master Ugwe, are all there with the entire valley, everyone has gone up to the Jade Palace to see who the Dragon Warrior is going to be, because Ugwe is going to pick one of these Furious Five masters. And Poe ends up <laughs> just falling right into the middle of the of the the whole situation, and Master Ugwe picks him. And it's so funny that it seems like it was <laughs> accidental, but Ugwe would never tell you that or admit it. You don't actually know for real if Ugwe intended to pick Poe or not, but it's what happened, and then the story continues on from there. And there's just all kinds of obstacles, and you realize that that a lot of why Poe has never really gotten into Kung Fu, because really you should start at a young age. You should get into it as soon as possible if that's your passion, but for all of these reasons that I've sort of gone over already, he's just never has, and when he finally gets the opportunity to, there's a lot of obstacles that are stopping him, and he still has that self-doubt, that self-doubt that makes him go, like, am I really supposed to even be here? Maybe I should just... I mean, this is something that I'm really passionate about, but am I really good enough to be here? Do I deserve to be here? And all of that really resonates with me. Tying it back to... Melee and myself. Like I'm I know that my skill level is not anywhere near good enough to take any names or to win tournaments or anything like that, but how do I know how good I could could be if I don't try and I haven't tried. And I hate saying that about myself because normally I am the kind of person who gets excited about doing something and then pursues it at least to know whether or not it's possible and it's almost like I this is like something that I'm very passionate about melee and I haven't pursued it ever and that sucks to say out loud and to you all so yeah I kind of want to get to a place where I can try in order to do that need to move 
And so I guess that's the next step of my Smash journey. Just being able to play in the first place. To play, period. <laughs> Find a new place to live either this year in 2021 or soon-ish, as in <laughs> I can't wait forever. And there are plenty of other things that I'm going to be looking at and attending to because, like I said, this is not going to ever be the biggest focus of my life. This is just something that I want to do on the side. I want to be able to play Melee and give it a shot. And if I, in my head, I think to myself, if I can get to a spot where I'm good enough to hang with good players either in the area or even in America, as far as you want to go, if I can hang with those sort of players and take games and 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 get to a spot where like I feel like I'm good at the game not that I'm the best but that I'm good at the game and that I can I can play and it wouldn't be me saying to myself Ugh, I don't play like I want to play that would be what I would want to see that's that's my goal at least for now short term the goal has to be getting to a spot where I can actually do these things so I've spent 21 minutes talking about all this, so again, TLDR, I have no internet, so if I want internet, which I do, I have to, within reason, get to a place, either become a landowner and a master of a house and put in internet there, or find an apartment, another apartment for my family and I to move into where we can have Das internet so that's what i'm that's that's what i'm going to be working on and i hope that you'll be able to enjoy the journey with me because even though it sucks and it's bad news and i've been semi-negative about it i'm just trying to also be honest as well let me tell you that this is something that i want to do that i feel motivated to do which is great it's a great feeling to feel motivated to do something and i am motivated to move up to continue to walk forward and not to sort of like be stuck in a rut if you will but again we're really only talking about this small part of my life I feel great about being married to Jen I feel great about being a father to Ellie and Ezra so those things are very fulfilling to me also and I feel blessed that ultimately I'm going to a better place as well. I'm going to be someday, and this is my belief that I'll be home with Jesus. So those are all really, really great things. I'm really only speaking of something that I don't feel fulfilled in. That's a smaller piece, but it's still big enough that it's worth making a podcast about. It's worth talking about, and it's worth me pursuing as well. I finally have the confidence to say that this is something that I want to pursue, and I don't know exactly where it'll take me, but I just want to get better at the game. I want to get better at Melee, and I want to play Melee more. So there you have it. Let's go ahead and transition to whatever else I have planned for this podcast. Why is it so quiet? Oh, right, transition. Pipsqueak and hacks. That's what we're going to talk about next. Oh, boy, you say. Yeah, let's... Let's get into it. First of all, let me say I don't know Hacks or Pipsqueak personally. 
nor do I really understand or know much about the Leffen and Hacks situation. Don't really know a whole lot about what's happening there because that bubbled and surfaced before my time in the Melee Twitterverse, so not sure what all that is all about, but here's what I do know. I do know that Hacks does not like Leffen, and Leffen does not like Hacks, so why is Pipsqueak involved in this? And you may also be asking, who is Pipsqueak? Not necessarily at the top of the list of household smash names. Well, hopefully soon, because Pipsqueak is a great smasher, a great melee player. Look at the at Pipsqueak underscore TV on Twitter. This is the bio. Every Swede's little brother, 21 years old, he, him, business inquiries at 99 l-i-n-u-s dot n-o-r-d-i-n at gmail.com 99linus dot norden at gmail.com I think that's how it goes and we also got a twitch twitch.tv slash pipsqueak underscore tv and pipsqueak is spelled how you would think it is p-i-p-s-q-u-e-a-k so now you can find pipsqueak and I guess I should do the same for Hacks, since we are talking about Hacks, in all fairness. At SSBMHAX, so there you go, the bio, 20XX, and that's it. <laughs> and the website, B0XX.com, box.com, and that is referring, of course, to the box-style controller that Hacks has championed for several years now, and it is literally called the box with a zero instead of an O. If you are interested in checking that specific product out, now you know where to go, box.com, with a zero, two X's. So, we have made sure we've done our due diligence by making sure that you, the listener, the listeners, that you can go and find these people on Twitter if you want to, and join in with this topic of discussion that I wanted to provide my own personal opinion on, so my opinion does not reflect the opinion of anybody else, and I also have to remind y'all that I am not not an authoritative voice in Melee at all. Not even sure if I want to be. It's a lot of pressure to weigh in on topics that come onto the Melee Twitter on a daily basis, because usually within 48 hours a new topic comes up that everybody weighs in on. It's fun and it's engaging, but it's also tricky because you can say something that's your opinion and maybe it doesn't quite come across well, maybe it's not worded right, maybe you don't 100% allude to the fact that you have, you know, the best intentions at heart, that you're not trying to be malicious or manipulative, and that's certainly not what I'm trying to do, which is why I feel like weighing in on a podcast might be better because it's more nuanced. You can take a soundbite of me saying something stupid that's like three seconds long and being like, this guy said this, that's kind of dumb. And yeah, you can, but I mean, I would just direct people to the podcast and they can listen to the podcast and hear the rest of the context. I mean, if they want to. (laughs) Oh, I, I barely have time to do things sometimes, so I would understand, obviously, if nobody actually wanted to weigh in, listen in to the podcast. Anyway. Let's talk about let's talk about what happened a few days ago. So we're we're talking about something that happened, I guess, 
on February 4th, and today is February 6th, Saturday. Let's go weekend. Whoop, whoop. And I don't know exactly the genesis, but let's just do two tweets, okay? So we have Pipsqueak's tweet, which is sort of like at least a good starting off point. This is one that Pipsqueak had made on February 4th at 1.06 p.m., although Sweden, so that would be 7 o'clock in the evening, I guess, in his time. LOL, F off hacks. Obviously, you know what the F word is. Someone told me you said this while I was streaming, and I didn't immediately believe it. To sum all my complex emotions up, F off. Which is which is obviously coming off strong. You're like, wait, hold on. What's the what's the context here? And there's a follow up tweet by Pipsqueak, saying, "It's literally just cause I'm trying out switching the R and Z button too. Like, are you really gonna burn that bridge for something that small? Cool. So, it seems as if what the whole thing is is that." Pipsqueak is a box-style controller user, so that's something that Hax has championed for years, and Hax is also a box controller user. And I am not one that uses a box controller myself. I use a GameCube controller. I'm interested in trying out a box-style controller, but I just haven't. I have not purchased one. I've just done some preliminary research and looked around, and it seems as as if the one that I'm most interested, the Frame 1 box-style controller, is not immediately available. So between that and also not being sure if that's the one I want to go with, if I want to go for the Smashbox or the Box, the one by Hacks, you know, I want to... And, and any other brand, any other people in the box-style controller game want to make sure that I actually do more research before making a decision and if that's something that I actually want to do. I want to give a shout-out to Wasabi of the Wannabes podcast. Wasabi has recently, well, I, I should say within the past year or so, switched to playing on the box, the one by Hacks. And so far, so good. Uh, the, the thing that he has said that I remember him saying specifically was it allows him to play for longer without his hands being a sore. So that's one benefit and has actually entered in at least one event with the box style controller. So go to the wannabes podcast and you can listen to him talk about it some more with JD. So shout outs to y'all keep doing what you're doing. Love it. Let's get back to this. Why is it a big deal that Pipsqueak is talking about switching an R and Z button input on his box style controller? Why is that a big deal? Let's go to Hax's tweet. Now, they have tweeted so much more, each of them, about this whole situation. And there have been some choice words. You know, I, you already can tell that there are strong feelings on Pipsqueak's end. And, of course, on Hax's end as well. So they both were saying some, some, some things that were strongly worded. You know, cuss words, all that fun stuff. And I'm not particularly big on cussing myself unless I have a guest on. If I have a guest on, they can say whatever they want to, and I'll just, you know, match their energy in that regard. But as a basis, I like my children being able to listen to this and my wife being able to listen to this with the children around. So that's why we're we're alluding to cuss words. But anyway, 
This is a tweet that Hacks made on February 4th at 7.13 p.m. So this was like six hours later. So this would be like, what, 2 a.m. in the morning of the next day on Pipsqueak's time. So you get it. I'm sorry for not coming across as the bigger person when I had the opportunity to, but this particular issue has been very frustrating for me to deal with as of late. The reality is that despite what multiple notable players have been advising recently, you should not swap the locations of Z and R on the box. This isn't debatable either, as, and this is in bold, there are hard-coded game mechanics within Melee that make it so that you need to be able to perform an analog L-cancel, parentheses, L-cancel without digital LR press, end parentheses, with your home of row of, no, with your home row of buttons. And the bold back to the regular text. I am so confident in this statement that I deliberately chose not to include a software button remapper with the box so that people wouldn't make the mistake of swapping these button locations around. For reference, the box's button layout is as follows. R, Y, and then enter to a new line, B, X, Z. By swapping Z and R, Z would go to the top row and you would not be able to perform an analog L cancel with the home row. Recently, I've spent many hours explaining to people why they must use analog L cancels in this day and age, which makes this button swap disadvantageous. I'll aim to put out a YouTube video on it by this weekend, as there are a lot of details that go into the explanation. Again, I'm sorry for not handling things professionally, but the reality is that box customers are actively being misled by this rhetoric, and I've had to rescue several of them from learning a disadvantageous button layout. I've taken the time to do this with each and every one of them because the thought of someone using the box improperly is very bothersome. On the bright side, I can say with certainty that the video I make will be useful for Box and GCC. That's GameCube controller. I will make a video that will be useful for Box and GCC players alike. And the tweet. So there are a lot of memes going around. Hacks in an earlier tweet to this more or less said something to the effect of Pipsqueak, you have blood on your hands by saying sw swapping the R and Z button is a good idea. Pipsqueak is trying that specific thing out. Hacks takes offense to it, and I've you've already heard his statement on it. So, and there's going to be a YouTube video. Let me just give my own perspective on this because, again, like I said, I don't know these players. So you may also be saying, "Well, why are you weighing in on this?" Because I want to. It's my podcast, so I can do what I want. I like Hacks because Hacks. His story basically is that he played, starting out, played on a GameCube controller and got to the point where his hands, like, more or less because of pain and everything else, forced him to drop the idea of using a GameCube controller. Even went to doctors and experts who's, who told him, you can't use this controller anymore, you can't play this game anymore. But Hacks was so motivated to continue playing melee that he found a new way to do it and long story short he has now he has his own branded 
box controller, you know, B0XX, and that's what he was referring to in his tweet as well, and can now play Melee again, and is still a very good player. And then we have Pipsqueak, who I hadn't heard of until about six or so months ago, I think, when I started to hear the name Pipsqueak with EU events, because Pipsqueak is in Europe, EU, you get it, uh, specifically in Sweden, and in the five days of Melee event in particular is where I actually was like, oh wait, I've heard Pipsqueak's name before, people have mentioned Pipsqueak before, I don't, I don't know the whole story though and learned a little bit about him because of how well he played in the five days of melee europe bracket so that was really cool to see him win that and then more recently pipsqueak won the valhalla online event uh this past weekend so this was a week ago won that event that was really cool and appears to be you know by all circumstances an up and rising fox player using a box style controller and that's all really cool because you want there to be new faces on the scene to to help us lead the charge into the future you know we can't all just be you know in in 20 years a bunch of 50 and 60 year olds kind of gatekeeping you know i don't like that idea i like the idea of new talent younger talent coming in and players that were almost born after Melee released itself. Like, how wild is that idea? You don't think about basketball players or football players being born after the game itself was first invented, if you will. But that's going to become a reality in the near future with Melee. I mean, I'm sure even now there are players, prominent players, who are, you know, like 18-ish or what have you. You know, teenagers, young adults that are playing Melee and taking it seriously, and they were born as the game was released or, or shortly after. So in another 10 years, that might even become the norm. You never know. It's really cool to think about, but anyway, back to this whole subject. What I, I guess what I wanted to say about it is that I think I can understand where both of these people are coming from to a limited extent that Hacks feels very very like uh, has a very strong opinion on how the controller should be used how it should be done and by the way hacks has released other videos about different melee mechanics and techniques that i have watched and enjoyed because they have been very educated i have been very educated by those videos i have very i have found them very educational there we go that's the word I found them very educational, and so by all accounts, you know, at least from a player perspective, maybe not on a personal note, because again, I don't know hacks, but that's really cool to see. And I don't know Pipsqueak, but seeing Pipsqueak become a better and better player, at least recently, I wasn't there for the up and up. I only started following Pipsqueak on Twitter after the five days of Melee event, the Europe bracket event, but has continued Pepsi has continued to enter events and play and grind and get better at melee and continue to prove that Pepsi that he's not a once and done kind of player he's, he's he wants more he's got goals for getting even better and better and better and trying to become the best player in Europe you might be thinking well, well why isn't he the best player in Europe and that's because most people would say that Leffen is still the best player in Europe and we mentioned Leffen earlier about the fact that 
Leffen and Hacks have also had beef in the past. I was just trying to set up the story a little bit. I won't get into, because like I said, I don't really understand why Leffen and Hacks are are beefing and have beefed in the past, but I just wanted to try to lean and in, lead into the story first with a little bit of like, you might recognize that meme, you know, Leffen versus Hacks, that sort of thing. Well, now there's a, a sort of a, a new beef kind of brewing up. And I hope it's not serious. Like, they both have opinions that they're entitled to. But hopefully this isn't, like, something where there's ill will towards each other. Like, I hope for that as well. I purpose... I try not to be a, a person who, who picks at uh, other people. But I probably do it if not subconsciously, maybe even consciously sometimes, because I don't think it's possible to get through life without being confrontational at some point. But I don't want that to be my primary mode of, of interacting with other people. I just like to come across with an opinion and see how the other person responds, and we can just go from there and continue to have dialogue. But I think that I get afraid of players like Hacks and Pipsqueak not continuing to, to, to avoid having healthier dialogue. And, and maybe it's not possible, so that's the other thing as well. Maybe that is something that's irreconcilable. Hopefully that's a word. Hopefully that's how you pronounce it. And if it is, then that's unfortunate. But in Melee, we have to acknowledge that when there are rivalries or beef, that does, that does feed the machine. After all, would I be talking about Pipsqueak and Hacks to this great of an extent if they weren't beefing with each other or you know being rude to one another on twitter uh yeah no i would not be talking about that so we have to acknowledge that it is what it is it gives me something to talk about i felt motivated to talk about it and everybody else who got in on discourse on twitter you know gave us all something to observe and see so that's social media in a nutshell i guess but i I guess what I really wanted to say, the big takeaway that I want to that I want to go away with, and that I hope you do as well, is take everything with a grain of salt. You know, try to experiment and be willing to see if something is worth shooting for for yourself, and be open to hearing from other people what their opinions are and what they would advise, but. You know, don't, and not everybody's word is gospel. You know, be careful taking advice from, from people at the same time. Just try to, try to think as much as you can for yourself. And getting caught up with things is very tempting. And that's what happens to all of us sometimes. But, you know, just try to, mm, try not, try not to do it as much maybe. Or try to, try to, Take what happens in front of you, such as this sort of thing between Hacks and Pipsqueak, and think to yourself, what do I want to do with my own box-style controller if I have one? Or uh, am I going to use this as like an opportunity to investigate the box controller more, either from Hacks or from the other brands like Frame 1 and Smashbox or Hitbox that I'm thinking of specifically? But do you want to go for any of that stuff? Try to take some of that negative energy that you are observing and maybe try to turn it into a more positive thought chain. 
you would have either heard about my internet story or you will hear about it. I'm not sure what order I'm putting the segments in, but the 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 basic thing of that is something negative to me happened related to internet. And so how do I take that feeling and turn it around and put it into a good a good place, a good space? How do you turn that around? So just thinking out loud here, trying to take away something good from all of this and also hoping that this this beef that we are talking about that it is just more or less that that it's like surface level i i do i do genuinely hope that between these two people that there isn't actual animosity or maliciousness that it's just you know just twitter stuff it's hard for me to know sometimes because i don't like i said i don't know them but uh fun a fun idea though for sure do you do this with the controller or do you not do it with the controller that leads into a bigger discussion of what kind of controller do you even use in the first place in 2021 Melee? Because there are a lot of options. You can even use like a regular keyboard for crying out loud. I don't know if I want to specifically, but these are things to consider. Think about it from my perspective as well. I haven't really formed strong opinions on controllers because I haven't used them to the point of potentially blaming my controller for losing a tournament set because I haven't entered events before. So it kind of goes along the same lines of, do I like stages like Fountain of Dreams where the platforms kind of go up and down randomly? Or maybe they have a pattern, but I've, I I don't know if, 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 there's, if, there's, if there's a pattern or not. What about Randall on Yoshi's Story? What about the ledges on Battlefield? There's like these little isms of melee, right? And they can all of a sudden mean quite a bit because it might be that specific thing that loses you a game or loses you a set and then you kind of hone in on it and are like okay we are going to fix this and we are going to fix it now and with controllers in, in, in particular it has to do with the health of your body because you're using your hands to play the game and so are you going to try to use a controller and mitigate the perhaps the quote-unquote disadvantage maybe it's not as ergonomic to your hands as a box style controller where all the buttons are at your fingertips like that's the natural advantage there but then you lose a control stick right i guess that's the big debate but i like the i like the gamecube controller for now i'll just finish up with that thought i like the gamecube controller for now when i start playing in events hopefully sometime in the near future after getting internet that I'll be using the Gamecube controller because that's what I've used playing Melee up to this point my whole uh, in my whole life span. Haven't tried another controller, so I hope that I can I can continue to use the Gamecube controller. But I am I am very much aware that what professional Smash players use for a Gamecube controller looks vastly different from mine. There's a lot of modding that goes into it and that might sound bad to some of you but at the top level you you need that because that's where the meta is at this point 10 years ago the idea of doing anything to your controller was sort of a a foreign concept and it has evolved in the past 10 years to today where you need notches on your controller stick and i could try to explain it to you but it's kind of hard, so maybe just look up GameCube controller 
notched and you can find what I'm trying to describe to you by looking at a picture, but there's notches and you can take the spring or something out of the L and R button so that it's not as painful to, or that doesn't require as much pressure from your fingers to press those buttons and all kinds of, all kinds of stuff, all kinds of stuff. It, and it, it can get a little complicated, but from my own perspective, I don't want to make it complicated to start out. I just need to just, just start and if I find that I'm saying to myself, boy, my hands hurt or something's not working here, then I can start looking closer and harder at my controllers because I have more than just the one, thankfully. But this is going to be this is going to be something that I might become very particular with in the coming years. And isn't that so interesting? Like, think about this. If you're coming back to this podcast after two years of me potentially playing, potentially have moved on to either a box-style controller or uh, a more upgraded GameCube controller, and you would say, wow, Jesse's opinion has changed quite a bit. (laughs) Also, Jesse hates Randall now. Oh, no. I would hate it so much, the idea of of wanting Randall to be frozen on Yoshi's story, the stage, but (laughs) maybe we'll get there. Who knows? Alrighty, why don't we go ahead and move on to the next segment, or either either that or end the podcast. We'll see. Why is it so quiet? Oh, right, transition. Alright, I'm not going to try to say a lot about this particular subject because it's very sensitive, and I don't want to try to name names or or speak about things that I don't have a clear understanding of. What I will do is use my podcasting platform if you will to at the very least say to you that I see these things happening and although I I think talking about them is good I am not directly involved with any of these situations so what I want to say is that there is an individual on the internet on the Twitter and you can find him at other places as well his name is Jacob Wolf so at Jacob Wolf on Twitter. There's the bio for you. Chief reporter and investigative lead at Dottie Sports. Formerly at ESPN at School of NY Times. So that would be New York Times, of course. At Esports Awards 2018 Journalist of the Year. Hey, that means that Jacob Wolf is that dude. And I have read Jacob Wolf articles in the past and watched interviews that he has conducted with several Melee players. And those are a good watch. So go to YouTube, look up Jacob Wolf and your favorite player, you know, maybe Hacks or Leffen or Armada or Hungrybox I, or PPMD. I know for sure that he has interviewed Hungrybox and Hungrybox is one of my favorite Melee players. So you can find that interview at least, but I'm, I'm certain that he has interviewed other very well-known Melee players like PPMD, like Armada. So you can go find those on YouTube and go to Dot Esports because that is the platform that he produces content for now so go check that out as well now this is the tweet that I wanted to share and what I wanted to use to briefly just briefly talk about my own perspective on it this is from 
February 3rd, 2021, 10.59 a.m. My first long-form piece of 2021 for at.esports. A look inside the Sky House, once home to several of the great Smash players in the world, but also a toxic environment that was rife with sexual abuse and bullying. And linked is the article on .esports.com. So what I want to say is, is that for those of you who haven't heard of that particular situation or any of the allegations that have come out, in, in, especially in the past year, but also during the Me Too movement from a few years ago, this article is probably a good place for you to start with. There are other starting places that I could point you to. I, I don't have them pulled up at the moment, though, so this is a good start, in my opinion. If you haven't read up on what you might say the ugly side of the Smash community is, the Melee community, you can be as specific as you want, but this article is not just about Smash Melee specifically. It's about the other Smash games. It's about esports in general. And let's acknowledge the reality that anytime you get people in a room together... There's a potential for a lot of great things to happen and potential for a lot of bad things to happen. So we're speaking about this situation briefly, although I don't want to be specific on it, but what I'm saying is, is that this comes across my timeline. This is These are things that I uh, not investigate, that I look into, that I read about, and that I feel are important to at least acknowledge because I think we all are hopefully most of us, are interested in having a welcoming and safe environment, a safe community, a place where you can have people gather and we're all going to be decent human beings to each other. But I think the biggest thing that I want to say about this article, or sorry, the issue as a whole, the issue of how... Do you promote safety and all the good stuff within a community? How do you how do you keep it that way as compared to having like the behind the scenes dark corners bad people who are taking advantage of all that kind of stuff, taking advantage of a community? How do you avoid that kind of stuff? I guess I'm just trying to say that I want the the melee scene and smash and all of these sports <laughs> the whole world let's just say the whole world to f- to try to follow the idea of lifting each other up if we can lift each other up we all rise right so that's what I'm trying to say and I'm also thinking about myself my wife, my two children, when there are events being held in person someday, you know, after the pandemic hopefully is not a thing anymore, which is something that I'm still hopeful about. When we go to these events, will I be worried about the safety of my family or will I feel better about that? Will I be constantly looking over my shoulder and, like, on guard and have that, like, 
feeling in the like the back of my neck and being like on edge the whole time? Or am I going to be mostly relaxed? Because I don't think that you could ever get to a place where I would say to my daughter and my son, yeah, you guys can just go wherever, just do whatever you want, do, do all the things, and I'm not going to worry about your safety at all. <laughs> I'm also trying to be realistic. That is, that will not be the case, but it would be nice, and I think y'all would agree, if maybe we didn't feel like going into a venue or the time going up to that and the time going away from it as well you know where do you go at the end of the night before the next day or where do you go at the end of the event at the end of the night to go home you know what I mean to keep that all that whole process as as safe as possible there's been a lot of discourse not just about uh, this article but also on smash twitter in general about minors in the community specifically and there are people who say it should probably look different but I don't know how there are people who have come up with specific things like age brackets or just age restricted events in general like only 21 plus or 18 and under or 17 and under I guess because an 18 year old is technically an adult I, you, you know you get it under 18 events there we go under 18 events and how, how do you how do you figure all of that and what I'll say about all that my own opinion is that I would I just really hope that there are still open brackets but but that there are a lot more steps and measures taken to keep that setting as public facing and as safe as possible so I'm sort of of the mind of being like if you if you're at a young enough age you should absolutely have a guardian with you if not your parents someone that your parents have approved to take with you and that you should have identification on your person indicating that you are underage because it's just, okay, it, it is mind-boggling to me sometimes of the concept of somebody being like, oh, I didn't know that person was under 18. And, like, somehow, ugh, that's just a really nasty situation to be in, right? Because why should you have to say, I didn't know this person was underage? Why, why, why do you get to that point in the first place? You were probably doing things beforehand that were not good that maybe you should just not do within the setting of a of a melee tournament a smash brothers tournament a whatever tournament but anyway uh to try to basically make it a little bit more accountability focused because i think that when you promote that sort of thing that can really help deter and then being being willing to ban, suspend, excommunicate members of the community who 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 violate that those sort of those sort of rules and statutes who either ethically speaking or or morally speaking are just like cross that line, you know. If that happens that they're no longer welcome at these events and hopefully that there's a real actual 
legal case that is pursued, although that's very, very hard as well and almost impossible just based off of um, based off of this article in particular. The article ends with a statement saying that as of now, in regards to this situation, no one has been taken to legal courts at all. So it is very challenging and seemingly impossible to, to actually have something that happens to you at these competitive events that it can then be taken to a, a real court of law and pursued properly. But I, I, I don't take that to mean that we should just stop trying or that we should just say, hey, for all melee events, for all Smash events, esports events, maybe we just don't have any underage individuals. And with alcohol, it gets complicated as well because you can be 19, 20, you know, 18, but you still aren't legally allowed to drink. So maybe we just ban alcohol or make it 21 and above. And that is challenging as a thought as well because there are, and especially with Super Smash Brothers, there are a lot of individuals that play the game that want to compete that are not of age, either for drinking or just to be like a legal adult, a legal adult in general, 18. You get it. So that's why it's really hard to go about fixing the problem, but I'm, I'm glad to see that there are there's a lot of discourse about trying to fix all of this, to try to come up with solutions. I'm really encouraged to see that because when, when you go about saying it's hopeless, maybe we should just quit out or, or not bother trying or whatever, I don't like that perspective. I can see why it would be easy to think that because... Most of us just sort of want things to stay the way they are in a, in, a, in a certain way, not just with a competitive tournament, but I mean specifically in life. Like, why would you change something that you like, but got ruined because of somebody else? Uh, I think of I think of other, like football, for example. If you are a Washington football fan. It's very hard to be a Washington football fan. I'm best friends with a person who is a big Washington football team fan. And in the past, he has acknowledged how hard it is to be a Washington football fan sometimes because between allegations made against the team or to a person specifically within the organization, the owner in particular, but also in general, you are saying to yourself, I really enjoy watching football, and I've grown up with this team, so I really enjoy the Washington football team, but I'm also aware that through, not that, 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 not that it's my fault, but that it's somebody within the organization acting in such a way that I, that I can't abide by, that I can't support that decision that they made, the things that they did or said. But yet, I still want to watch the team play. I still want to be interested in what the team is doing, you know, with, like, free agent signings and tradings and whatnot. You know what I mean? How hard it is to put those two things together of how we enjoy watching and playing Melee. But there have been individuals in this environment and in other, you know... I just talked about football, so this happens This happens anywhere. 
where somebody does something bad, does something wrong, how do you how do you reconcile those two things? You have to think about changing in order to try to deter that from happening in the future. I I don't like the idea of of changing sometimes, but I, I think that most of us agree that it is absolutely necessary, not just with a competitive gaming tournament, but just in general, in life, to continue to be a better person, look back and say to yourself, oh, wow, I've grown so much in the past year or 10 years. You want to keep continue to grow and continue to get better. And think about where Smash was like 10 or so years ago. The community behaved vastly differently as uh, vastly differently as a whole using what you would call gamer words but i you know what i'm talking about when i say that that there were words in the vocabulary of of smash players that were very wrong and that they should not have been using but they were and it wasn't because they said to themselves in every instance, oh, I'll just stop doing it. It did take a little bit of leadership from community leaders, from melee community leaders, and you know, like his brawl, the the Super Smash Brothers brawl game was out as well. So this was two big sized communities together acting as a whole and saying we don't want those words to be part of our vocabulary anymore. Like we don't care if you're used to it. We don't care if if you've just sort of been playing along and being like sort of passively allowing it to happen or whatever you have to speak out now you have to say this is not okay and you have to avoid saying the words yourself so there is precedent for change and there's precedent for success in that change there's precedent for the idea of saying boy this is going to be really hard to change this is going to be really hard to figure out and for all the communities within the big Smash Brothers community to figure out and to change and to stick with it. But it did end up happening. And maybe some of you weren't around, like myself. I wasn't around, but I've heard this story told enough times that hopefully what I just told you was 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 accurate from a general speaking perspective. But that means that we can continue to adapt and that we can that we can say, hey the way that it was working before, it led to a lot of great moments in in the history of Smash, but it led to some really bad moments as well. And we don't want this to happen again. We want to reverse that that how how it can go wrong and try to make it so that it can go right. And even if this is really different than just a couple of words, right? Because I will acknowledge that as well. Just because it's different, it doesn't mean that we can't as a as a community change. I think that we can change. And it just starts with regular Joe Schmoes like myself, the people that are not good at the game, that suck, and don't really have like that huge voice or anything. At the very least, for my own part, I have to say I will not abide by wrong behavior in the community where I see it I will say something or at least make sure that everyone's doing okay you know what I mean like I won't let myself go into situations where something bad can happen 
and if I see something that's that that that's happening, try to try to take that information to a place where it can hopefully be resolved. So you know what I mean? It's not a it's not gonna ever turn out to be perfect. We're fighting a lot of selfishness because <laughs> uh, that's how we all are, but we can still try to get better anyway. You gotta have that hope. That's what I that's what I feel anyway. So if you are new to all of this or to this the melee or smash scene as a whole having these sort of things happen, you can check out the article written by Jacob Wolf by going on to his Twitter or to dotesports.com and finding the article from there. But he shared it on his Twitter, Jacob Wolf did, so you should be able to find it pretty easily. Read it and Hopefully it allows you to think about about reflection of, you know, am I doing everything I can to try to promote a more welcoming and safe community in whatever community I'm in, whatever community you're in, excuse me. Hopefully it's it's something that can help, you know, generate discussion because that's also really important as well to have this at the forefront of our of our minds sometimes where we're actively saying, hey, how can we be better? How can we get better? How can we do better? And instead of just sort of autopiloting, being a little bit more deliberate. Not to say that every single set starts with a five-minute lecture of how to be a well-behaved individual. I'm not necessarily saying that. But maybe we could start there, you know? I don't see the harm in that other than other of everyone going home at 3 a.m. instead of 10 p.m. So that would actually probably be bad, <laughs> now that I'm thinking of it. All right, no five-minute lecture before every single tournament set. Never mind on that. But we do need to have a little bit more deliberate action. I do believe that. So to end this, I defer to actual community leaders in this regard, organizations and and top players, all, all, all the people that have a true voice within the Melee community and the Smash community and esports community as a whole. And once again, I will also point you in the direction of the Fighting Game Code of Conduct panel, the FGCOC. So let me pull that up here as well because I want to point you in the correct direction here. It is fgcoc.com that, that's literally it you can find the code of conduct there and what that's a great baseline to start with hopefully organizations like the fgcoc have a have a stronger voice in 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 the fighting game community as a whole and organizations across other games and platforms and, and sports and whatever that we all continue to try to shoot for a more welcoming and more safe community. So, the end. Why is it so quiet? Oh, right, transition. One more thing before you go. On the subject of a more welcoming and safe community, diversity is also a really important part of that puzzle piece as well. And so I want to direct you in the direction of a really cool event that is happening right now called the Black Empowerment Melee Inventational. 
So if you go to at Rollback Rumble on Twitter, that is an account that is about the Rollback Rumble series, all kinds of online melee events that they run, all by the head TO Homemade Waffles, and you can find Homemade Waffles on Twitter as well, twitch.tv slash thewaffle77. All of that to say that we have some really cool events related to Black Empowerment within this event. It's not just a melee bracket. There's also melee volleyball and a melee wolf bracket that actually those two happened uh, in the past few days. So you can find those you can find those vods on YouTube if you look them up. Bemi two zero two one B E M I two zero two one. If you look up that on YouTube and then do like melee, you'll find all those vods pop up right away for you. And that's also a hashtag you can use on Twitter, hashtag B-E-M-I-2021, and you can find all the tweets from Rollback Rumble and Homemade Waffles and self talking about all this fun stuff for this event at Young Waff. That's where you can find Homemade Waffles in particular on Twitter, at Y-U-N-G-W-A-F-F. So, please... Go to twitch.tv slash thewaffle77 and watch the stream. Do explanation, exclamation, excuse me, do exclamation donate to donate to the, uh, they're, do, they're, they're, they're raising a, a pot, not for the, the players of this event. It's a charity drive, a charity pot, if you will, that, I believe what they're going to do is let the winners or top eight of the of the bracket choose what black empowerment charities they want to donate the entire prize pool to. So it's not actually benefiting the players, but all this money being raised is going to be benefiting charities that focus on black empowerment. So that's really cool as well. And Homemade Waffles spoke about this on The Mix Up, which is an, is a podcast run by Turn Down for Walt and Radar SSBM. You should check that out as well. Homemade Waffles was on that, and he couldn't recall a time in Melee's history where an event like this was run. And his motivation to do this was to... Obviously, it's February. This is Black History Month, and... He wanted there to be a focus and celebration, not so much a, hey, something really tragic happened recently, so let's have this sort of event. He wants it to focus on more of a positive aspect of that. So please go and hear him talk about it. I'm just trying to summarize what he was saying for your sake, because you're here right now. But please go to that podcast and listen to it. Go to twitch.tv slash thewaffle77 and watch all the matches that are happening and donate to the, the, the charity drive that they're doing to to don make some great donation amounts to all these black empowerment-focused charities. So get on that. Today's February 6th, so they're having more things to happen today on the Twitch channel, and they're going to have more happen tomorrow as well as... As far as I'm aware, uh, I do want to 
share with you what specifically is happening here shortly. Oh, I see now that I'm saying all this that there is no tweet from today from the at Rollback Rumble Twitter, which is fair. Right now it's still like 9.30 in the morning West Coast time, which is where homemade waffles and most of the crew for this event are. So I'm not mad. Just go to at Rollback Rumble and follow that Twitter account and you're going to get all the updates that you need in regards to this event. And meanwhile, you can still... You can still go to twitch.tv slash thewaffle77, follow that so that when they go live, you can catch all the action, do exclamation, donate in the chat, and support the cause. So I've given you all the things that I need for this shout out. I think that I'm going to go ahead and wrap up the podcast now. So hope you enjoy your morning slash afternoon slash evening slash midnight snack. Be safe. Be good. What does the cow say? Moo. Moo. Good job. What does the kitty cat say? Ow. Good job. What does the doggy say? Woof. Woof, woof. Good job. Can you say linguistic specialist? Say. Good job. That was a good try. Can you say outside? Do you want to go outside? Okay. Okay. Can you say bye-bye? Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.